Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ask me, ask Eliza anything. It's time to ask. Ask me all your questions. Leave them in the Instagram comment section. Leave them on your Twitter or leave them on your Facebook. We'll see them. We'll read them. Then we'll give you answers. You know it. I've got it. I've got the answer. The answer. You ask me. going to begin today's episode dun, 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 with an apology. Where does that dun, 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 what is that? It must, it must come from like a 50s cartoon. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm Mighty Mouse. <laughs> Mighty Mouse. Mighty Mouse. Okay. Okay. So I was, we've been asking you guys for reviews on our show and I went and read some of the reviews. I was very bored. And I went and read some of the reviews and they're all so glowing. And then I noticed somebody gave me, um, like a four and a half star out of five. And I'm like, well, what could be holding it back? Why not the full five? And they gushed about how much they love the podcast. And they were like, Eliza, please stop eating. It's obnoxious. And I was like, you know what? They're right. And I always thought it was kind of funny. And you know what? I'm right. It is funny. But I'm not going to eat on the podcast anymore because it is a small adjustment of all the notes one could give. And please, this is not an invite to give like further notes on the show. It is what it is. Uh, that I am not above criticism and I like good feedback. You have to remember the majority of the feedback on the internet is like, show us more feet. Get rid of the dude. We only want to see the chick. Stop being Jewish. So no more eating. I shan't eat anymore. How many times have I told you not to eat? Every time you pull out a food and That's you're like, no, you're wrong. You're anti-everything. But I also, which of us listens to more podcasts? Cool claim. <laughs> cool boast. I, I just feel like you're so, like anything I do, like, don't do that. That scares me. I'm afraid of the worm. <laughs> and so it, I'm kind of gone deaf to it. So you'll pardon me if I didn't heed that warning. I thought it was because I was annoying you, which I'm fine with. Um, and I think some people don't mind, but you know what you don't ever want to be is like the girl who's doing something she thinks is funny and it's bothering people. Like the girl that only talks about how much she loves tacos and it's her personality or the guy that, you don't know, like won't stop sexually harassing people at a party, <laughs> AKA most guys. No. So I am not above reproach and I shan't eat. I shall eat no more. Okay. And no more big slurps. You won't even know I'm drinking coffee at all. That was the smallest slurp you've ever done. Quiet so. is you guys, we got we got questions. You've got questions. <laughs> We've got answers. I we have questions. Any, do you have any hot updates? Yes. Oh, I love the hot update. I love talking shit about people I don't know. It's the best way to to vent. Yeah. 
Well, we have an interesting, okay. So we had a, a person who remember they said they had a very stressful job. Like all of them were sick from the job. Yes. And we were like, do you work at a uranium factory? Like what's happening? Yes. So they say, thanks for answering my question. I should have included my job in the question, but the guesses you both made were entertaining. I work in commercial banking. It is as awful as it sounds. I'm 26, so hopefully that's young enough for my body to handle the stress. I run and do yoga. I've also stopped working overtime. Now I do my eight hours and log off. The comment about my boss being hot had me dying laughing, as I'm sure you can't see anyone high up in commercial banking being hot. Not in commercial banking, (laughs) but in regular banking, yeah. We're talking like Wolf of Wall Street, super hotties, going down on you in your kid's playroom. Is banking what Patrick Bateman did? In American Psycho? Yeah. I don't think he did anything. I think he just murdered people. Well, uh, I thought they were like They all did something stocks. with money. Oh. Like trading floor. Like, what? Yeah. I don't remember. I'm trying to remember now. But that's also what It was, yeah, it was Wolf like 80s Wall Street. Wall Street. It was all 80s Wall That's all yeah. like hedge funders and oh, it's all like stocks and it's banking. Yeah. It's money. I'm in finance. <laughs> You're in finance. That's what you say. Uh, I know. It's, it's really hard. People, even like VCs, like they tell me what they do. And then I'm just like, I glance, glaze over. I'm like, can I invest? Because you seem cool. Yeah. Other than that, it's hard. You make a decision early in life. Like, am I good with numbers or not? Mm-hmm. And I'm not. And mm-hmm. then when I am good with them, people are always floored. They're like, wow, you really know business. I'm like, yeah, I did 15% of 200 on my calculator. <laughs> Only on my calculator. Kick it. Our other update is in December, you answered my question about whether to talk to my husband's aunt who mistakenly thought he was abusing me. Do you remember that? She, like, they had told, the aunt thought because of something she had posted, I think with like an injury, that the, her, the husband was abusing her. Her she, nephew. Yes. Right. Her own nephew. Was she abusing thought was abusing his wife. His wife. Yeah. To, uh, no, I don't remember this, but I, I get it now. <laughs> and she says, I was just going to let it go, but after hearing you also vehemently 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 with words not so much math (laughs) remind me that i needed to clear this up i contacted her that day i sent her a long message explaining everything Mm -hmm. and thanking her for her care and concern her response was love you too hope you all have a good christmas that was it oh wow thank you for pushing me to not just let it go sarah that's so frustrating that is the worst when people give you like a fart of emotion back you know what it is she went out on a limb and she still thinks you're lying, by the way. She does. Ew, don't spit toward me, Emily. She thinks you have bad... I'm talking to you from inside my hoodie. She thinks you have battered wife syndrome, um, which is probably like not the clinical term. Regardless, it doesn't matter. You, you cleared the air and there's nothing else you can do. She also just may be a bad emailer. Yes. Some people just are bad emailers. Sorry. My husband just brought me in a fresh bowl of oatmeal with a new recipe right from his cookbook and it smells divine. But I can't have it till right after the podcast. Thank you, baby. All right, now let's get to the regular questions. You love a wet food. What do you What do you eat? <laughs> Just dry, yes. dehydrated potato sticks. Yes. Remember those that would come in the canister and they were like potato sticks. I remember. I remember them in they a were bag. Like shredded sticks. Is that all you eat? Is hay? <laughs> hay. Can I tell you something about wet food? Please don't. I'm not. You are such. You know what I'm going to say? I didn't slurp. I did not slurp. (laughs) And I never say this because hyperbolic statements are what's ruining this country. You're a Nazi. In the most literal sense. (laughs) I was going to say, when we went to Thailand, we ate so much food. Everything there is wet. All the food is wet. 
And don't give me, that's racist. It's an observation about the texture. Everything's a soup. Everything's a wet sauce. Everything's a dipping. It's like a lot of wet food. And as an American, you're so used to like bread and starches. Um, we got to the airport in Bangkok and I, I was like two weeks of eating amazing Thai food, but your body craves bread and uh, a crunch. I, I ate a McDonald's like crispy rice, crispy chicken sandwich. Crispy it's rice. Disgusting. Crispy McDonald's chicken. now has tried to have an answer to the Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich and it's, it's okay. I, it's just so awful that you... You know, it's a weird wet food that you don't think about, but when it's called it, you're like, uh, when you get a wet burrito. You're I like, never want that. You're like, oh, yeah. I mean, it's good. It's it's an enchilada. All wet burritos are, all burritos are wet in that you always put hot sauce on it. Mm. Um, And I, I think an enchilada is like wrapped in masa. Mm. Nope. That is a tamale. Okay. Welcome back to white foods only. <laughs> Hi, Eliza, Emily, Chanfu, Scott, and Noah, who is one of my faves. What? I'm 15- not even on this show. I am 15 years old. Oh. 16 in seven weeks. So maybe 16 at the time of Not this. even close to legal. <laughs> legal to uh, operate a tractor. Mm. Legal to almost drive a car. Learner's permit. How old do you have to be to drive a golf cart? Like I think you just have right? to be uh, white with a rich dad. <laughs> I love traveling and I want to go abroad in college. In December 2019, I went to Cincinnati with my youth group. Me and my two best friends shared a hotel room. And the entire time we were there, there was a weird phenomenon. Our hotel window looked out to many other tall city buildings. And we focused onto a singular window pretty far away. One night, we noticed that in the window, the lights flicked on and off at a continual beat. We had many theories. Someone doing it against a light switch? Reverse seizure where you have to have the lights flashing? It seems mundane, but it became the most exciting inside joke as we were 14 and thought it was hilarious. Also, if you have time, tell us what abroad was like. So what do we think the light was and what is abroad like? Something called a, a power shortage where your light will flicker erratically. <laughs> Um, Just in one window? You say it was to a beat, which means you either put it to a beat or you had like a special <laughs> special headphone set on and you could hear. Well, I think that it was just like, it was like, it wasn't erratic. It was like- Could have been measured. Coming from another room and they were having a party in the other room. Mm. Or probably most likely a ghost with great rhythm. Like the ghost, ghost of a drummer. <laughs> but what I would also encourage, you know- I thought you were going to say something awesome. And you were like, me and my two best friends in a hotel room in a city. And you're like, and we watched a window far away. <laughs> Honestly, that sounds like a great time. Get TikTok, order pizza on your parents' credit card, sneak out, kiss another gender, the same gender, whatever you're into. What? No, this, this sounds fun. Mm. They didn't say. This sounds fun. Okay. You know, what? What do you want from me? I'm just saying you're in a hotel room supposed to be like and then we prank call the boy and it's like we just stared at that window we still wonder about it to this day innocent fun the world needs more innocent children uh, going abroad is fucking dope it's a great chance to see what other attractive people look like in other countries speak the language immerse yourself do not go abroad to an english speaking i mean it's still different cultures but like you want to get some real perspective go to another country that doesn't have english as their main language could you guess, if I could go to any other place, could you guess where it is I want to go? Like downtown Los Angeles? You no. live in Burbank. So, I mean, what's Northridge? No. I don't know. Where Abroad. England? No. Where? Australia. To, I was like, what else? What else is white? Australia. <laughs> Australia is great, but like it's they a little bit like California. 
What? They got, they got the good animals. They got great animals. And they all have cute names like a quokka, which only lives on an island it's called Rotsnest Island. And it's the cutest thing and it smiles. But they also have gigantic bugs. Yeah. Like the size of your hair. Yeah. Which is very long. Real big spiders. Go abroad. It's awesome. Meet kids from all over the world. Meet kids from other cities and other states, which you probably haven't been exposed to. Get some experiences. Use, oh, I was going to say pesetas, but you know what? They all use the euro. Use other money to procure bolillo. I went to Spain, obviously. <laughs> okay. Came back speaking in the Vosotros form and was not applicable to all the tests here. Oh. we do not use the Vosotros form. And no. I'm not even sure what it is. Kick it. Isn't is that formal they? It's actually non-gender they. They were ahead of the curve. No, I don't know what it is. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I believed you. I was like, oh yeah. Oh, that progressive Latin view on uh on sexuality and homosexuality and bisexual. Bisexuality. You know. It's no secret that fast fashion and the demand for fashion in general is helping to wreck our planet while introducing newly. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service. For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month, access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands with inclusive sizing, and they have fast free shipping and returns and professional cleaning in Newly's state of the art laundering facility, plus the option to buy what you love. I gifted Newly to a friend whose daughter works in an office where you have to be presentable, and it's trendy. She gets to try out stuff. She always looks fresh at work. She always looks cute. And when she's done with it, which we usually are after wearing something for a while, she can send it right back. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now, you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code ELIZA20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's Newly with two U's. And enter the code ELIZA20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com. Newly with two U's with code ELIZA20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. I'm busy. And this time of year gets even busier. I've had my baby. I'm back to work. I'm at meetings. I'm on tour. I'm running around. And I don't always have time to sit down for a meal with my family. Sometimes I get home from set so late and I just need to eat something nutritious and go to bed. And that's why I like Factors Fresh Never Frozen Meals because they're dietitian approved and they're ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy I am, and I'm busy, I always have time to get a nutritious, great tasting meal. Factor has over 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. So I never get bored. I'm trying to do less meat in general and they have wonderful vegan and veggie options. I just made a vegan mushroom marsala and I made an onion risotto. Just because you're eating vegetarian doesn't mean you can't eat deliciously. It had roasted garlic green beans. It was scrumptious. Head to factormeals.com slash Eliza50 and use code Eliza50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Eliza50 at factormeals.com slash Eliza50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Well, it's finally happening. The weather is finally getting warmer. So it's time to say goodbye to the jackets and cozy sweaters we've been hibernating in all winter. And it's time to say hello, bonjour, to shorts and t-shirts. And if you've been wanting to update your wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, Quince is for you. I talk about Quince a lot because I really believe in a sustainable capsule wardrobe. And there's no reason you can't have a sustainable, timeless wardrobe for every season. And Quince has got you covered with premium linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30, washable, silk tops, hello. And the best part is all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
Dressing well shouldn't break the bank. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Look well. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash Eliza for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza. Hi, Eliza and Emily. Love the pod. Eliza, I've watched your specials more times than I can count, and I was at the show where you recorded Unveiled in Nashville. Mm, thank you. My question I was is, so sweaty. <laughs> were you? The hot, the hot, the heat from those, from the pyrotechnics. It made the room very warm. Oh, well, and then your your special before that was very cold. It was very cold. Because you're and on a ship. Together we have freezing hot. And thus the anthology is completed. <laughs> Trilogy. <laughs> my question is, what should I do about my husband refusing to adhere to any COVID protocols? Oh, boy. He works with the public five days a week and will not wear a mask. He is still going to restaurants and bars like nothing happened. Of course, part of the problem is that our city isn't doing much as far as social distancing and keeping places closed, but that's a separate issue. When I ask why he refuses to wear a mask when the science shows that they're effective, his response is, I don't want to. He is risking not only himself, but our children and me as well. Every time we discuss it, I get so angry because I can't wrap my head around his carelessness. It's becoming something we argue about once a week and he won't change his ways. What do I do? Well, luckily for you, I mean, weirdly to your husband's credit, you've gotten through this full year without him contracting COVID. So if anything, he's just even further imbued with a sense of self-righteousness. Because he's going to be like, look, I got this far. I don't know how hard COVID hit Nashville. I know that a lot of people in Los Angeles moved to Nashville to get away from how poorly most liberal cities handle most things. But um, that's a tough one. And you're probably not going to get him to change his mind as it's starting to wind down. So you may have lost that battle. But the war on him listening to you is one that you will probably continue to wage for the rest of your relationship. I will say this. I have a relative who will not get the vaccine. And they were like, I don't want it. And I was like, okay, do you want polio and measles? Did you ever have those? And their wife was like, no. And I'm like, that's because you had a vaccine. So it's not this like big conspiracy. And then that relative's wife was like, he just, you know, he does whatever Trump does. And I was like, Trump got the vaccine. Trump says it's good now. Got the vaccine before any of you got it secretly. Yeah. Trump got special treatment when he was at Walter Reed. I think he got the vaccine then. I could be wrong. Um, so don't check, don't quote me on that. And Trump is now taking credit for it. So fine, great. Do what your fear did and get the vaccine. I think a lot of people just don't like needles. And I was just like, I mean, you know what's going to be a lot more painful than a needle is an intubator. <laughs> I really do not like needles. I pass out when I have to get a shot or my blood drawn. But and do so you I am pass out. I have I go my I vision goes black and at the eye doctor once, but only once. And that's because he told me the machine was touching my eyeball. That's not important. I say this to say I'm dreading it, but I'm checking for appointments every day. Is it a miracle that you made it this far? <laughs> Are you of. a Christmas miracle? <laughs> yes, I am. Are you the baby I've been wanting? <laughs> it's me. That would be so, you know how in like Twilight, when they like look at someone, it's like, oh, like we're connected. And it was him and that baby. How upsetting would it be if you found out that I was supposed to be? Like cosmically, like you're what I'm supposed to take care of. (laughs) 
I don't mind that. I mean, <laughs> I guess I got, I didn't have to like do any like the gross stuff. What if I insisted on breastfeeding you? Oh, no. oh my God. Don't even look at me. <laughs> so it's horrible. Anyway, needles scared, but I'm checking for appointments. I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it over with. I'm going to move on because you got to Just like you got to get shots when you're a kid. Like, that's the other crazy it's, thing is people are getting shots for their kid. You know. Look, look, unfortunately, your husband's going to be like, I've gone this far and everything's fine. And it is a little different. I hate to say he's wrong. Mm. but not every city is the same in terms of the like mass casualties. Mm. You also may live in like a rural area. You know, it is weird that publicly, I guess, yeah, you guys, if you don't, if your own city, that was the problem was our president wasn't making a big deal. So, so many people who are conservative or who look up to the president as they should, as you should a president, Norman Lear calls him, you know, a president's like a father figure, he wasn't touting it. So just like most of your parents' views, you're just kind of like, yeah, I believe what my parents say. So that was the uh, initial issue with this. So I, it also may not be a Trump thing. Is I get it. I don't want to fucking wear a mask either. I would have a hard time, Fucks though. up your glasses. Still relating, like, loving, being attracted to this person that not even for the kids there would wear a go. mask. That's, like, what, that's what I would have a really hard time fake overcoming. one of your kids getting COVID and be like, look what you did to little Timmy. And then here's what you do. You'd be like, fine, have fun. F and listen to me, quote me on this. Say, Garrett, have fun fucking your hand. Yeah, and then storm out. And then you go flirt. You don't kiss anyone. You just get dangerously close. There you go. In your mask. I'm just saying. You don't want to be the girl that's like, fine, and no more kitty. I know that's right. But your husband sounds like, uh, sounds like it, you're probably very attracted to the qualities that are now repelling you. Staple a mask to his face while he sleeps. That's the, oh God, all my stuff was funny. And then you said that. You, you encouraged assault. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Cool advice. Staple of mask to his face. I'm so mad at him for not wearing a mask. They have kids and he won't wear a mask. Yeah. You know he has a beard. Unfortunately, you know he has a beard. Unfortunately, you, or he thinks beards are for hippies. Oh. There's several, you know, you got your several kinds of beard. Uh, unfortunately, this type of thinking, conservative, liberal, whatever, this sort of staunch selfishness, selfishness will uh, manifest itself in other things. So you might want to take off. That's been one of the that. tougher things over the last year is realizing how many people are just so selfish and so stupid. And you're like, oh, like I was friends with that person or I admire that person. You're like, oh, well, you are so dumb. I don't really have that because everyone I know, you know what? Actually, I was out and uh, I had a friend that kept being like, take off your mask. Oh, peer pressure. Because we, because what happens when you're drinking, I was at a show, mm -hmm. you know, you're drinking and people are, you don't have to have them on when you're drinking. And I stood fast. I was like, I'm wearing this mask. Like yeah. it, I, there's nothing you can say. Yeah. Like you can have yours off. I will wear mine for you. Oh. You got to be steadfast. Kick mm. it. Hi, a baby arm, the sweetest peach. And Scotty doesn't know. And then in parentheses how much he's missed. That's funny. Wait, do you know that song? Yeah. Scotty doesn't, what's that from? Uh, Euro Trip, sung by Matt Damon. Scotty doesn't know. Well, right. Matt Damon lip syncs Lustra, I believe, sang the song. Classic song. Classic. Classic Damon. Classic Damon. It was such a, he had like tattoos and a shaved head. Do you remember? I love a serious actor in a funny movie. Yes, especially just a weird cameo where he just stole the girlfriend. Yes. I believe it was Kristen Kruk from Are you sure Smallville. it was Euro Trip? Positive. I don't think Scotty doesn't know is from, yeah, okay, fine. Positive. You got so serious. Your eyes just went like black and you were like, I'm positive. I'm positive. Do not question me on B-movie trivia. Um, you know who doesn't get enough 
credit for being fantastic. And I guess, I don't know if she's, I think of her as more of like a Broadway star, even though she was an Allie McBeal, is Jan Krakowski in 30 Rock. Mm. I watch 30 Rock every night. Jane. Oops, sorry about that. Um, Jane Krakowski, whatever. Everyone says Schlesinger. Yeah, there you go. I don't have a and, problem with uh, it. She's fantastic. You watch 30 Rock. That is an act like Tina Fey is like, there's all these like kooky characters. And of course she's kooky, but like does a fantastic job. And I was like, that's the way you cast women. You pick two different types and you put them together because they're not vying for the same type of laugh. Or yes. look. I love it. They, Brilliant they're show. so, and do you remember uh, two other important roles of hers? The National Lampoon's Vacation, where she was one of the, she was like the cousin and she looked at the exact same. She was 10 and looked at the exact same somehow. Noah literally showed me that IMDb page yesterday. Yeah. And more importantly, one of the Flintstones, was it Viva Rock Vegas? I think it was Viva Rock Vegas. She played Betty. <laughs> Are you the only person to say Viva Rock Vegas in this in this decade? Flintstones, Viva Rock Vegas. Flintstones, meet the Flintstones. She's great, an amazing voice, very funny. And um, I love 30 Rock. For those of you that haven't watched it, it's brilliant. Some of the characters I like fast forward through. Uh, it's brilliant joke writing. One of our favorite jokes is when Jack Donaghy says, I never cry, even at the end of Field of Dreams when the bank failed to recoup its investment. <laughs> it's great. Kick it. All right. Hi, Liza. Baby, I'm so so patient. Scotty doesn't know how much he has missed. I recently broke up with a friend. Your many answers to this issue from other listeners helped me so much to figure out that it was time to end it and what to say and how. It was a friendship that I had outgrown, had become one-sided, and was pretty exhausting. I was kind when I told her how I felt, that I valued her support in the past, but that it wasn't feeling good to me anymore. The problem now is that she won't stop texting me. It started out with her saying things like- So you didn't break up. (laughs) So you're still together. It started out with her saying things like, you've hurt me deeply and I don't understand why you don't want to talk anymore. Lots of what did I do wrong? I was very clear that it's what I needed to do for myself and never blamed her for anything. And now every week or so, she'll send me text bombs of things like, I'm thinking of you. I'm always here for you. I can't imagine not being friends and all the emojis. I met this girl through work a few years ago and then moved state shortly after. So it's mostly been a long distance friendship of calls and texts and we don't have mutual friends. Both of us are in our 30s. I haven't responded to any of her texts, but with her relentless reaching out, it feels like I'm being forced to ghost her, and that makes me uncomfortable too. I wish she would just accept what I said and move on. Do I respond? Do I continue to ignore her? I've been tempted to just send her a shrimp emoji and leave it at that. No, that's just for boys. P.S. So excited that you're back on tour. I took a road trip to see you in Charleston a few years ago. Can't wait to see you when you come to Durham. You're like, this crazy girl followed me the whole road trip. Um... I guess it does feel a little severe since she didn't do anything. It's not like, usually when I give that advice, it's she said these horrible things or she acted this way and I need that out of my life. It sounds like you just don't have a use because it's exhausting to keep up a friendship that was purely based on happenstance and that you work together. Mm. And it's been years you don't see each other. You don't have mutual friends. um, And it sounds like you're just moving on in life. And that's a hard thing to say to someone like, hey, I don't even have time to text you. It might be worth like calling her and being like, I. But this is exactly why, like the fact that she's sending text bombing her every single week. It's like she, there was no way she was like a chill, cool friend. I want to know what your issue was. Was your issue that she required too much? You know, you can ignore it. I have definitely, it's not like I'm this like ice queen. Like you can ignore it and eventually people will stop. Um, Have you definitively said to her, I just never see you and I just, I'm so busy and I don't want to create an expectation. 
Like, would you be okay? Like, do you really not want this girl in your life at all? Or do you just not want her in your life in that, with that frequency? It sounds like this girl doesn't respect boundaries at all. So I don't think there's any boundary that can be set where it's like, look, I can't devote this much time. She's like, but why? Why not? Then just block it and move on. You know, you could send an email that's just like, I have no problem with you. I feel like this has gotten really uncomfortable. Uh, we like we didn't date or whatever. You're like, I just, it's tough. It's tough to say to someone, I just don't have room for you in my life because I'm doing other things in another state. My best friend, I almost never talk to. <laughs> and that's Michelle. Like I just, because she doesn't really use her phone as much. And some friendships are kind of like cactuses. Like they don't need water, but they grow anyway. And then some friendships are like other plants that need a lot of water. And you're like, I don't have any water. I want to think right. of orchids. I don't really know how those work. Um, she'll get over it. But if you feel compelled to pick up the phone and be like, I'm just super busy or just send her a text or you could just block her. But I think you did what was right for you. Yeah. It's not a big deal. That's, to me, that's also weird. Like we work, I say, I don't know what you're withholding. Like, did you work together for 10 years? Like what experiences did you share? Or did you like work acquaintance and you've been gone for years and she's still like, hey friend, if she's saying I can't imagine my life without you, either you're not telling us the whole story or this person's a full-on crazy person. Yeah. Sometimes it just what you know, and it unfortunately it takes this happening to you to realize you can do this to others. Like I definitely have people that like I thought I was better friends with, and they just nothing, no malintent, just like weren't available. And so now I'm like, oh, it's not that I want to do this to other people, but like it's okay that this happens. Right. I mean, there's that thing of I feel like pre-pandemic, if I said I couldn't hang out like more than two times to like That's more the than rule. two asks. That's the rule. It's over. So you have to agree at some point or return with like, what? no, yes. but what about? So I think there are these things where it's like, it just kind of dies and this person's not letting it die. That's the golden rule. If you ask someone to hang out more than twice and they say no, either they love you and they're the plan maker. Um, Cause I have friends like that that are always throwing it out. And you're like, oh God, I do need to see this person. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Um, the kiss of death is we'll figure it out. Like, I can't do this week. We'll figure it out. Let me get back to you. They'll never get back to you. Anyways, you move on. You're fine. Mm. Unless you guys had like a weird romantic relationship that you're not telling us about, which I'm starting to think you did. Like an inter-office sexual romance. Um, you just move on. If she's still, let us know if she's still contacting you. Yeah. Yeah. So, so this person, this question asker is coming to the tour. So I want to ask you a question that a lot of people are asking, which is, we just announced back in action tour on sale. I don't know how that works. Is it new material? Yes, it's new material. Have I not set a bar? Have I not given you five Netflix specials within seven years? I do. Have I not only come to your city once or twice in a year? I always do new material. And if I, if it's not a hundred percent new, then there's always 90% new stuff with peppering and of old, like it's always new. It's always been new. That's what you should expect. If you're going a year in between seeing a comic, there are comics who like don't love it as much. And they do the same jokes forever as headliners. You know, if you're an opener, it's a little different. Hmm. Don't ask me. It's insulting to me. What do you think I'm going to do? You think I'm going to do my material about getting married almost three years ago? Is that what you, like, I can understand if you see my Netflix special and you're the first city on the tour and it's got some jokes, but this is two years later. I haven't toured in a year. You think I haven't? Well, and important to note that even if you- guys are hurting my feelings. Even if you saw the forever tour. 
this is different than the Forever Tour. Yes, even if you did manage to eke out the four shows that were for the Forever Tour. That yeah. being said, we have brand new t-shirts, but we still have those awesome Forever Tour t-shirts, and it breaks my heart that we didn't get to fully tour with those because those were dope, and I was going to change fashion. I know. They're on the- um, They're on Eliza.com slash store. Tour store. 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 <laughs> Call the stork. Get a shirt, baby. And, uh, you know, speaking of stand-up, this episode, you guys, is brought to you by the FX original documentary, Hysterical. It premieres Friday, April 2nd at 9 p.m. on FX, and it'll be streaming the next day, FX on Hulu. Did you know I was in a documentary? I did. I remember you did a panel on it. I did a panel for South by Southwest on this documentary called Hysterical. Yeah. Uh, It's about women in comedy. Uh, Taking a look at, you know, we know that comedy is a male-dominated thing, but, you know, for people that are interested in comedy, it dives a little bit deeper, delves a little bit deeper into the stories of female comics. Um, I hate saying female comics, but comics that happen to be women and talks a little bit about the trials and tribulations of that, um, you know, shattering glass ceilings, working in clubs, stuff like that. There are two billboards up for it now that I drove past the other day. Um, And the documentary, you know, it takes a look at going on the road with veteran comedians, some comics who you may not know, and just all of our individual voices and sort of what separates us, but also what completely unites us, which is this absolute struggle that we all do willingly that is a life in stand-up comedy. It is something that I've told you before I could not, I don't have the, I don't have the drive. To be to a go comic. Yeah, to go out at night because people, when you when I did social media comedy club, it was constantly like, oh, you should do comedy. You should do comedy. It's like, no, very different to, to be a pleasant human to talk to yeah. than to go every night, to go, go every out night. there, stand there, wait, pass my bedtime. All right, everybody knows. Uh, they followed me for a couple of nights and they followed all different comics. You know, I'm in this and we shot in New York, so I did a couple spots at the cellar. Um, and I they followed me. Oh, that's right. I'm also in LA. I think I'm one of the only comics that's in LA mm. in the documentary because there are a lot of New York comics. But it doesn't matter where you're from because it really shows the dedication and being in these clubs and, you know, working out in these clubs and what it takes to do a theater tour. Uh, one of one of your previous guests who was a delight, Sherry Shepard, is also in the documentary. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, people find women in comedy and you don't know what it took to get to where they are now. Mm-hmm. And even if they aren't where they want to be, what it takes to just be at any level in comedy, what it takes to sustain a career and what you have to put up with and what you have to do. Um, it's uh, it's also made by Andrea Nevins, a documentarian who did Tiny Shoulders. If you saw that documentary, it's about Mattel and Barbie and uh, the evolution of Barbie. So it's very female focused and friendly, but it, it, this is about comics and what it takes and what we've all been through, um, the stories that we share. So- you can check it out. Hysterical premieres Friday, April 2nd at 9 p.m. on FX. It's streaming the next day on FX on Hulu. But enough about stand-up, Emily. <laughs> Give me the goods. I know. We try to vacillate between- Give me that hot church gossip. When it comes to Ask Eliza anything, we, we try to balance out Ask Eliza about Eliza and Ask Eliza about yourself. You know what I mean? Because I think the advice is- is more is interesting, but the the questions about you, like people are curious. We want them to know what you got. Oh, going. I thought you meant about oneself. Like, ask me about yourself. Oh no, like you versus. Hey, I got a friend. Right, I got a friend who's a real bee. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. 
it happened to me. I didn't think it would, but it happened to me. I had a nasty bout of postpartum depression. Now, there's nothing to be ashamed about in talking about what you're dealing with, and there's nothing to be ashamed about in talking about it with someone. I definitely saw a therapist these last couple weeks because, you know, I spend my time giving advice to others, but I could use a little advice myself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. I'll tell you what, when you're already stressed or anxious, the last thing you want to do is battle traffic and sit in a waiting room and get your parking validated. I'm sorry, is that just an LA thing? You don't need to add all that. You can just sit in the comfort of your own home or a chair you like outside and you can talk to someone from BetterHelp. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time. No additional charge and it doesn't hurt their feelings. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Eliza today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Eliza. When you ask someone what language they took in school, usually it's like with an eye roll. They're like, "Mm, French. It's like, do you speak French? No, I don't use it. I feel like a lot of us had difficulties learning a language in school. Rosetta Stone is here to change that. It's available on desktop and it can be used as an app on your phone or your tablet. Rosetta Stone are trusted experts for more than 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. Rosetta Stone immerses you in many ways with an intuitive process and you can pick up any language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Plus, with Rosetta Stone's true accent feature, you'll get feedback on how well you're pronouncing words. That's right. You might even fool some locals into thinking you're one of them. It's like having a personal trainer for your accent. I headed to Mexico City for a little vacation, and I used Rosetta Stone to brush up on my Spanish. Just a few things, a few verbs that I knew I had forgotten, and I was better. Mejor. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Ask Eliza Anything listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash Eliza. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash Eliza today. Uh, here's one that is about you. Hi, Eliza and Emily. God. I'm working on creating a women's mentorship program for my company. I'm curious about your thoughts on mentorship. Did you have a mentor and or have you mentored anyone? Would you consider this a mentorship uh, or a partnership? I, I am older than you and I know, but you know what? You know a lot of things that I don't know. So we have very different skill sets. You're my sets. employee and you look up to me and I need things from you. So it's this <laughs> reciprocatory relationship. Um, I've never had a mentor, uh, but- you know, looking at a career in stand-up versus like I'm I work on a wood lathe and I had an apprenticeship. You know, it's different. I can honestly say I wasn't, you know, you start doing comedy and it's such a solo sport. Mm. So I didn't have like women that were like, come on, let me show you how the ropes are. But the advice is always there if you ask. I think a lot of times I find with younger comics, they have it so beaten out of them to act like humans. People don't even know to say hi sometimes. They're so nervous. Um, but I I think if I if you ever people want to give you advice. So I've never had that, but I do try to be that for anybody. You know, I'm not like inviting someone over and we can so we can like do like a Daniel son kind of thing. But uh anybody who has questions, I'm always happy. You always want to give advice. You always want that person to come out better than you found them. Mm. But I've never had a mentor. People I I respect, but they're usually too busy for me. Yeah, I definitely have had people that I really respect, a lot of teachers, but we weren't spending like a lot of one-on-one time together learning. Here's the thing about the mentorship program. I don't know. I just want to say this, you know, 
women get so vilified for being competitive, but we are merely cogs in this giant machine of competitiveness. So to fault women for being protective of a job that they feel is always at risk and they're always being told that they are replaceable by another woman, it's kind of not fair. So I would wonder, you know, are, is it women doing the same job mentoring other women? Mm. It, this thing where it's like, you got to, you know, why aren't you secure enough? Because we're secure at some things and not in others. And society constantly changes up what you should be secure about so they can sell you shit. So I think the best way to do it is somebody who doesn't have the same things at stake. Mm. Like I'm not, people might not support me in saying this, but like if I have the exact same job and you come to me and you're like, how can I take your job? You're probably not going to want, like that's weird. So yeah. you, can, you can still stay in your lane and help people. I think also sometimes it, it takes a strong person to say, hey, I want someone to guide me. Mm. Everybody likes to think that they have it themselves. So chances are, if you're in that program, you want to know something. But I wonder, um, I think young people also think, I think people always like to think that they know everything too. I'd be interested to know who's mentoring who. Like, who are these people? What level? You know? Yeah, I think it definitely depends on the field. Like, in obviously stand-up, you're not going to have a mentor, but probably in something like writing. Or you could have it, you know, but I never had to go on the road with anyone. So I never had that, like, I'm kind of like a big sister to Hunter, but he opens for me. Mm. Um, I've never opened for anyone because I had a, an odd career. But mm. I'm thinking about, um, is it Working Girl? Or like Sigourney Weaver? Yeah, where Melanie Griffith yeah. takes over because Sigourney Weaver's, Weaver's homesick. No, Sigourney Weaver's not homesick. She broke her leg skiing. Oh, yeah. And she stole her idea. Yeah. It happens all the time. Like they steal it. Like women have been set up to be these like vampires. It's like really there's six women working on Wall Street in the 80s and they all are evil. There are shitty women out there just like there are shitty men who are going to steal your ideas. So focusing on the small percentage of women that do that always gives us a bad rap. We have this with any minority doing anything. We always look at the ones committing the crimes, the ones doing like the harassing or the ones being a bitch or the guys that are doing whatever. And we don't focus on the whole. There are plenty of people out there. I don't even think it's a male-female thing. Mm. You'll get just as many shitty male mentors as you will female. So just find the people that will give you the time of day. And to those people out there who want advice, this is what I always say. Go to, email your mentor, go up to them, say, here are the things that I'd love to ask you about. Can I buy you a cup of coffee? Yeah. I've done that for people. Sometimes mm -hmm. you don't have time but saying like, your time is valuable. Please let me buy you a cup of coffee and just listen. Mm -hmm. And if you're asking advice, please don't ever say the phrase, I know. That's not the last thing I want to hear from a young person. Like, no, I know I did that. I'm like, well, then why are you here? So be open, buy the coffee. Shut your goddamn mouth. Listen. Dog romance. Oh, dog romance. Highlight. Sorry, I was just say, when I'm talking to someone who's older than me, they older, just more experienced. Mm. Even if I feel I've done what they've said, I always just listen because nothing takes, nobody wants to help you if you're like, no, I did that. No, I tried that. Because then they're like, okay, well, then clearly you know everything. Yeah. There's an art to it. There's an art to make, you want to make people want to root for you and want to help you. Yeah. yeah. Just listen, which I'm very bad at. <laughs> Hi, Liza and gang. I was just listening to the pod and had to commiserate with Eliza's feelings about taking your health in your own hands, re-women's health. Now, this is not a question, but I'm going to read it because I think you have continued to, you have a lot to say on the topic. I got a lot to say. So, now. 
I'm 41 and for several visits kept asking my regular GYN about running a hormone panel to just check and see where things are as I was getting nervous about perimenopause and wanted to be proactive. This person's Canadian, by the way. Oh, because it's not OB? Oh, uh, because she said peri. Oh. Perimenopause is not... Uh, it's not American. <laughs> wanted to be proactive about hormone replacement therapy and such. I have an IUD that keeps me from getting my period, so I don't have that monthly sort of check that things are still working. She just kept telling me that the IUD is giving me hormones and just let her know if when I started having hot flashes and we treat that. Finally, I decided to heck with that because I found that unacceptable and went to a women's clinic that specializes in hormone replacement therapy. They ran a panel and found that my testosterone and progesterone were both at zero, as in none. I started HRT and it improved my levels, helped my sleep, anxiety, strength, in the gym. My husband was like, I wasn't going to say anything, but you have been kind of prickly. I am so glad that I didn't accept my GYN's approach, but I'm also kind of livid that it took me taking control to get a simple hormone panel run. Anyway, kudos to you kudos for to doing you. that. Just wanted to also shout out getting a hormone panel run. So you taking go. your health in your own hands is something that you have been advocating for lately. Yeah. It's not taking your life in your own hands. Your health. Taking your, you know, like being like, I... This is not about going on WebMD and, mm-hmm. like, signing up for a, a battery of tests, but, like, you know, basic hormone panels, a blood test, you know? And if a doctor writes you off like that, just go to another doctor. Doctors go to school. They do not know everything, and they don't know everything about you. And it's her mm-hmm. job to just— And by the way, you probably were fine. You're not dying. You're not sick. They probably, you know, I don't know what your healthcare system is like other than you don't have to pay for anything, but um, other than actually half your taxes go to it, but— uh, you know, always get that second opinion. If I, okay, if you put on an outfit that you were like a little uncomfortable in and you were unsure and I was like, that looks great. You would definitely take a second look in the mirror. You or would ask ne- someone else. Or ask someone else, right. You'd look, you'd reflect back and be like, oh, I don't know, what do you think? If you had two friends in the room and one was like, you look great. And you're like, really? Because I don't know, this elephant trunk sewn onto my butt looks a little weird. You would ask the other person. If you'd ask more than one person about genes, then you definitely ask more than one person about your actual genes. Get it? It's a DNA joke. And it's and I get it. It's exhausting. Like, oh, second opinion. But you do you want what you want? Do you want what you want? Best best case scenario, you're hypochondriac. And you don't have to do anything. But especially if your medicine is free, just go get that second opinion. Good for you. And I think it's important to note that it's it's doing it smart because you will there there are specialists that cost more money so yeah. don't just go to 80 people like like try to narrow in hone in on a specialist that can help you where you can like do a little bit or of research ask your doctor be like do you know a specialist they'll always yeah. give you a name they're like anything to get you out of here and they yeah. take you off my plate anonymous hello Eliza I don't like the anonymous ones Hello, Eliza, Emily, Teeny Cheeny, and Smokey Husky. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Teeny Cheeny. I've got a dilemma I'm hoping you can help me with. A good friend and his wife are pregnant with their first baby. They've been open about the fact that IFV, IVF right, made this pregnancy possible. After both of the soon-to-be parents made comments about what the baby might look like and implied that it might not look like either of them, a friend of both of ours privately asked the soon-to-be dad if they used a sperm donor. He said, no, they didn't, and that the baby is all theirs. A couple of weeks later, the soon-to-be mom casually mentioned embryo adoption. When I asked a follow-up question, she matter-of-factly said that the embryos they used were adopted and proceeded to explain the entire process. Yeah. And no point did she ask us to keep this confidential, nor did she even imply that this was on the DL. It seemed like it was public knowledge. The husband was there during the conversation and said nothing. 
The husband doesn't know that I know that he lied to our mutual friend, who he's been friends with much longer than me. My husband and I are in an uncomfortable position. Wait, hold on. He didn't lie. Right, because he said- he Hold on. He didn't lie. Adopted embryos. But he said the baby is all theirs. Well, so, it is all theirs. My That's like I. saying if you have an adopted kid, is it yours? It's like, it's all there. Like, right. It yeah, doesn't I don't matter. Think this is... None of this matters. Yeah. None of this matters. Um, It could have been the wife's egg. I mean, it could have been, if they're saying it's an adopted embryo. Oh, the embryo is the egg and the sperm, right? Right. So, so, so they, they got it from somewhere else. Right, they, so could, they have could have used both pieces. No, they could have used, used the husband's sperm, sperm yeah. and another woman's egg, mm-hmm. done it somewhere else, and then planted it. I don't know. And by the way, none of this. Well, hold on. What's the rest of the question? So, so it says, "What should I do?" My it's husband and I are in an uncomfortable position as we're good friends with all involved parties. Don't talk to your friends about what this egg is doing. How about that? Like, it doesn't matter. But also, <laughs> it doesn't matter. they didn't. You're like, it's public knowledge. Okay, it doesn't seem like that couple chastised you in any way. I don't really understand. I think the other couple was probably just like, oh yeah, they said it was theirs, like his sperm. Like we asked and he said it was his. And then she's like, well, but no, it's not. It's adopted. It's his sperm and an adopted egg. Mm. And it is theirs, even if it wasn't there. Even if it was someone else's embryo, who cares? Who cares? Unless you're trying to do the same thing and you like info. I guess it's kind of like, why do you need to know that? Yeah, I think this is not as big of a problem as you guys think it is. Like, I don't think it's going to come up. I don't think your other friends could be like, what? You knew it was an adopted emperor and you were hiding it from and me? I, I, you're registered <laughs> at Bye Bye Baby? Yeah, no, I think it's not. It don't- sounds like it's his sperm, some other woman's egg, and it is their embryo. I mean, she's carrying it. And- Really, it doesn't matter because it's in her body. She's going to give birth to it. This child is just as much hers as an adopted baby would be. Mm-hmm. The conversation beyond that info, by the way, the way everyone feels toward that baby doesn't change whether you know that info or not. It's their baby. They love it. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Doesn't yeah. matter. Not a big deal. It, doesn't, it also doesn't sound like they have a problem talking about it. So I don't think he lied. And even if he did, who cares? Maybe he lied because you don't want to get into the like semantics of, of like- his jizz. Like- <laughs> You're at dinner. Order the apps. I, I, yeah, but it's, it is because he was like, oh, our baby might not look like us. And you're like, oh, what do you mean? And he's like, nothing. Right. Because it's ours. his sperm and another woman's egg. Yeah. I guess just kind of ro- just let it go. Like, just roll with it. Let yeah. them say whatever they want to say about their baby. When that baby comes out looking like an armadillo, you'll know the truth. <laughs> right. Hi, Liz and Emily. I'm a 25-year-old female and my fiance, male, is 28. Male. We just got engaged back in February, and we are now beginning to plan our big day. We both have decent careers. Ding dong. He's a social worker. I'm a special education teacher and make decent money. Raking it in. We have been working on our budget and planned this without the help of our families. We have tried to have the money talk with our families, but my parents live in a different state, and this doesn't feel like a conversation to have over the phone. And we have tried to have the conversation with his dad, and he is being very secretive about it. Two weekends ago, we went to look at venues and his dad and stepmom tagged along. We found the venue of our dreams, but it was more expensive than we anticipated. So we assumed that we would have to pass on the venue and look for another place. To our surprise, his parents offered to pay for our deposit, which was a good chunk of money. We, my fiance and I, are both very prideful and it was hard to accept a gift of that amount, but they were adamant about paying for our deposit. There you go. It was an amazing gesture and we are so grateful for it. Flash forward to this weekend. My fiance's younger sister, 14, came over for the weekend and let it slip that they were going to our venue this Wednesday when we asked further as to why she told us that her parents were going to pay for it. 
My fiance and I got upset because this is such a large amount for them to pay for and it makes us feel guilty. His sister begged us not to say anything to them because it was supposed to be a surprise and she didn't want to get in trouble. We feel very stuck and are not sure what to do. Should we confront them about paying for the venue or swallow our pride and let them pay for it? And let keep it them a pay for it help? and keep it a surprise. This is something that brings them so much joy. This is what parents, if you're lucky, will do for you. They've been waiting for this day their whole lives. This is incredibly kind. There is no, your wedding is going to be so expensive. And you've got your dress, you've got all the food, you've got the alcohol, you've got the DJ or the band, you've got so many other things you get to be prideful and pay for. Let them do this for you. That's it. As long as you don't anticipate that they're jerks who will hold it over your head, which it does not seem like they are. Don't even get mad. Like that should not be, it should just be grateful. I mean, the pride, just drop it. This is amazing. It's not like they're paying for your dress and they get like a say in it. It's the venue. And now you can, and you have the joy of being financially responsible for everything else and the heartache and nausea that comes with it. So (laughs) let it go. Yeah, and it's Let sweet it that they're, like, bringing the sister. Like, it's a whole, like, family, like, let's surprise your brother. Like, sister, that's nice. She's, she's, she's a kid. She's she 14. Yeah, she messed yeah. up. Yeah. That's incredibly kind. And just take it. Just, and how, you know, here's what you could do. Prepare with all this time a nice thank you card. Write a nice thank you. It, it This is what your parents want to do. And it's great that they have that. I know somebody whose parents had a lot of money and... She didn't want them to pay for anything. It's like, what What are you doing? So you're going to what go into debt to cover your wedding? <laughs> it's a venue for a day. Yeah. She's not giving you a kidney. Yeah. Get over it. And you'll see. You know what? You'll, you'll start paying for everything else and you'll be like, gosh, I, I'm so glad we had help. You'll see that old-timey popcorn popping machines where everyone gets their own little baggie are not cheap. Not cheap. <laughs> Denver Gale. Hello, all beautiful people reading and or editing this. I like a guy, so I straight up told him. And he said he finds me attractive but isn't dating right now. Honestly, that's what I expected. Oof. Also, if he wanted to, he would. So whatever. But my question slash problem is Whatever. This. I'm Denver. I t- Out of my fucking way. I tend to be emotionally detached. And now that I finally like someone again after a nasty breakup, how do I handle those feelings when it is not something we will be pursuing? I don't want to try to give up and move on now that I finally feel this way again. But I also don't want to give off the vibe that I'm waiting around. Thoughts. You give up. Give up. The guy is not into you. Not into you. Um, it doesn't take much to be attractive. So he's giving you the bare minimum courtesy. Nobody's going to be like, I don't think you're pretty. In fact, I think you're ugly and I won't go out with you. You're probably an attractive person and he's just not into you. So you don't have to wait around. And by the way, it's okay to be detached from that person that you are sexually attracted to and they're not into you. That's a form of survival. And you will be, I promise you, you're just getting out of a relationship, you will be attracted to plenty of other unrequited (laughs) attractions. Yeah. It's fine. Mm -hmm. Don't wait around. And by the way, maybe that person does. Maybe they really aren't dating. Maybe they just went through a breakup and eventually they'll come around. Do not wait around. You don't even have to be friends with them. It's okay that you were honest and said that you found them attractive. What's even better is in five months when they're like, hey, you still down for me? And you're like, actually, I don't think you're cute anymore. Remember, you just got to have a relationship. And you're excited that you found someone attractive. I promise you there will be others. Move on. Mm-hmm. At least they were honest with you versus yeah. dragging you along. Yeah. So just move on. Yeah. 
Jess Lane 77. Hi from NZ. Longtime listener. First time questioner. Eliza, you have a great vocabulary. Do you have a favorite word? Thanks for all the content. You should totally come to NZ and do a show. XXX. Ooh, a favorite word. No, I don't have a favorite word. I do enjoy words though. You do. Is there a word you like seeing in the, um, like when you get it, there are certain words that I feel like pop up more frequently in, no, in like crossword puzzles. Uh, I'm like, Issa Rae pops up a lot. (laughs) And as someone who is also funny, who wants their name in the crossword, it hurts my feelings that I can't get in there, but Schlesinger is a tough one. Um, let's see any, any, uh, what's a good one? That's a good one. Vehemently. It's pretty good. <laughs> Vehemently is fine. That's like, that's like 11th grade vocab. Um, you know what? It's not a favorite. Now I'm trying to think of it. Hmm. Here's a good one. Um, here, I, I'll pull it up for you on dictionary.com. Ignominious. Ignominious. Marked by or attending with ignominy. Discredit- discreditable, humiliating. An ignominious retreat. That's a good one. I, I didn't know that word. I was reading. I always keep a list of words that I don't know mm. in my thing. I don't have a favorite one. I don't know why I showed that. I just happened to look up in my dictionary. I have the dictionary.com app. I love knowing words and their meanings. I don't have a favorite one. Okay. For someone who people regard as having a great vocabulary, I do say eat my shit a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Underscore Olivia XS. Hi, Lies and friends. I can't wait to see you live again someday. This time last year, March 7th to be exact, right before we shut TF down, you were in Indianapolis and I got to meet you and gave you the Tianfu necklace. It made my day when you wore it for the St. Patrick's Day episode of DPP. I remember that necklace. It spells out Tianfu and I have it hanging in my office along with several other dog-related necklaces, but it was a good one. Anyway, my question is, do you have a bedtime routine or a way to help wind down for bed? If so, what is it? I'm truly addicted to my phone and find myself oh. in bed by bedtime, but I scroll my phone for a while and then look up and boom, it's midnight. I know I could read a book, but it's not my favorite thing to do. And I know I wouldn't keep up with it. I'm more of a creative and visual person, which is why I stare at the phone. Help. Love you so much. I'm the same way. And it is a problem. I have been trying lately to just cut it off. Like nothing's really happening on the internet. Like there's no new information. And I understand like looking at reels and TikTok is so fun. I plug my phone in the other room if I don't have to be up early and like be around it. Um, And then I kind of, once I've plugged in the other room, I'm like, I'm just going to watch TV and focus on that. I will read a book. I find that that's a great way to put me to sleep. I think you just haven't found the right book. Books are for everyone. Um, I always, I also think like having a nighttime routine, sometimes I'll drink turmeric milk, like warm turmeric milk. Um, like a golden latte. Noah makes like a little blend for that. Warm milk helps you sleep. Melatonin helps you sleep. Um, I also think plugging the phone in the other room and then performing your ablutions, like a little nighttime routine of your serums and your retinols and your spot treatments and your oils and like doing a little like self-cleansing ritual and then getting in bed and kind of just laying there and uh, lulling yourself to sleep with anxiety about the next day. You got to give yourself a chance to go to sleep. And Instagram, it's this weird thing. It's kind of like a drug. Like the more you do it, the better you feel, but the worse you feel, the more you do it. Uh. You never feel less anxious after scrolling. And then after you're done scrolling, you're like, what the hell did I just teach myself? That like how to make a seven up, no bake cake. Cool. What do I see? A bunch of 17 year olds wiggle to a Ray J song. Ray J. Anyway, those are things that I do because I get disgusted by how much I look at my phone. And I've decided... Eight o'clock on, no one's really bothering you. Although I did get a text at 8.30 last night. Like, do you want to come do a set at 9.30? And I was like, I'm good. 
I also have started doing my workouts at night. Mm. I am exhausted, but I find that doing those gives me a burst of energy for that workout. And then I'm even more tired to go to bed. I found it's really helped me sleep in addition to melatonin, which I take every night, which is a problem. <laughs> Lugo Simiers. Hey, Eliza, you're the fucking best. What are some of your favorite Thanks, horror films? Mine are Halloween, 1978 and 2018, and Dracula, 1931. Love you lots. And then pumpkin emoji. Ooh, a pumpkin. I am very specific about horror. I love like ghostly horror. I don't like Saw. I don't like movies where people are getting their heads ripped off. But I like all of the, like I love the, um, oh, why can I never remember that? The found footage ones. Mm. What are they? Paranormal um, activity. I loved all the paranormal activities. I love the suspense because really like, I just love the art of like creating suspense from like very little and then something awful happens. Yeah. Uh, paranormal activity was great. House on Haunted Hill. Mm. What? No. What's the one on Netflix that was so good? Oh, The Haunting of Hill House. Sorry. Show. Haunting of Hill House. Anything, there's paranormal activity and then there's, um, I'm looking at the word in my head. It begins with an I. Jeez, what's the guy's oh. name that was in Hard Candy? Patrick Wilson is in Insidious. All of the Insidious ones and all, Valak and all the creepy nuns and the nuns and that whole universe, yeah. that whole creep universe. I like those. I've seen. I've also seen so many facsimiles of that it's actually hard to remember mm. all of them. A great one is Drag Me to Hell. That's a great movie. No? I was ready to love it and it did not capture me. So, yeah, I don't like it when people are like held against their will and like medical experiments, stuff like that. But I just, I love a suspense, creep, ghost, thriller Whatever. A lot of those, though, like the insidious and stuff, the Conjuring universe. Yeah. I don't like because I don't like something popping out. I don't like oh, a I love it. scream oh. because my uh, my shoulders are up around my ears. I like a Halloween. The best Halloweens are the first one, H2O in What's 2018. That? Okay, so. Because oh. you see him and he's coming towards you like, and you're scream. stressed out. Screams yeah, are great. Nobody's popping out. You know that they're there and it builds the suspense with that rather than relying on jump scares, which stress me out. Love a good jump scare. No. In it for the jump scare. I'm the best to see a scary movie with at a theater because I will cling to your arms screaming the whole time. Uh. Oh, it's so fun. It's very for sexual. Who? For the guy. It's very sexual. They feel like they can protect me. Um, what's it? Fuck. What's that called? It's on, there's an app you can order called Shudder. Mm-hmm. That's like all scary movies. Yep. And there was a movie on there called Host. Host. Or The Host. It's, well, one I think is about a parasite and one I think it's Host or The Host. Folks, if you like, not found footage, but this movie does a great job. It's all over Zoom and it is not boring. They did a great job of keeping it fresh and keeping it moving. It is really suspenseful and really good. I like those. Yeah. I love a body being thrown to the top of a ceiling and then dropped down. Paranormal mm. Activity did a lot of that. I like things with witches. I like, but I did not see Midsommar because that, I, and I still don't want to know. Like I didn't, like I, I think about Wicker Man to this day. The Nick those, Cage one or the 70s the one? The 70s one. Like I just, something where something horrible happens to someone or like a town rallies around and hurts someone. I don't like that. Do you ever read the short story, um, The Lottery? That like in high school, familiar. and then they were upon her. Uh, I just don't like a bunch of people converging on one person, specifically a woman or a guy. It's just awful. Anyway, yeah. those are the things. Mm. I like being scared though, mm. not with gore, but with ghosts. No, yeah, I prefer suspense, thriller, 
like yeah. psychological. All right. I was so scared of that movie, The Strangers with Liv Tyler, because I hated the idea of that they did it for no reason. That stressed me There's out. There's also that. that like, they're just, just like, like, oh, why do you, why are you doing this? And they're like, oh, because you were home. And I was like, oh yes. no, I'm home all the time. I'm home all the time. Okay. The guy that stars in Hedwig and the Angry Ange, he isn't Hedwig. He plays Johnny Gnosis, who I think his name is Michael Pitt. Uh, is in a movie where he and a crazy friend of his just go into a suburban family's home and they just slowly start terrorizing them. It's like all within an hour and they just like rape and murder them. Do you remember who and the called, matriarch of the family was? Was it called Funny Games? Yeah, and the same director, oof, he did oof. the original and then he did the American remake. Yeah, the American, well, I don't know which one I saw. But Michael Pitt is in the American, the American remake. remake but it was the same director, which I always liked. I didn't, I couldn't finish it. And like to this day, I'm like, yeah, what if someone just walks in there like, hey, I need you to kill yourself in front of me. Oh my God. I don't yeah. want This is not your podcast. I own that movie because Naomi Watts is in it. I own that movie. She's such a good actress. <laughs> She's so good. Uh, do you want to do Top of the Comb? Oh, I do so bad. Okay. In Blader, it's the Top of the Comb. We're doing it right every day. You just take a bite. Top of the Comb. My Top of the Comb will sound like a bottom of the Comb, but I'm just going to share this. I was scrolling through Instagram as I do. And Instagram has this weird way of, they're like, oh, you liked a picture of a baby animal. Here's more baby animals. Here's a sad baby animal. Here's a baby animal dying. Like it's this weird rabbit hole. There's a picture of a cow um, at auction. And I understand people need to eat beef, but it was narrating the cow's feelings. And it was like, look at how sad he is. He knows he will get no mercy. And like someone reaches out a broom to like measure his face and you see the cow like go toward it. Like, will you be nice to me? The sadness in the cow's eyes I know that there are documentaries out there. I know that this is, you know, and I know that animal production and agriculture is what heavily contributes to global warming. And we've always lived by this less and better rule in our house where we use like meat as an accent. We don't have meat for every meal and we certainly don't have beef uh, often. You know, the idea being like, if you're going to have a steak, get a really nice steak. Enjoy it like once every great while versus just like, you know, and that gets into a whole thing about classism with food. You know, you can't just say like, oh, just eat healthier because that's actually very expensive. Um, but the impact we're having on the planet is getting to a place where it's an insurmountable task because we're all just contributing for it. Wow, we're all just contributing to it. And we're actually going to be having Mark Bittman on the podcast. He's uh, a very well-respected and renowned cookbook author. He's written cookbooks that have titles like How to Cook Everything, How to Cook Everything Vegetarian. Um, he has a new book out, Animal Vegetable Junk, A History of Food from Sustainable to Suicidal. And he's been sort of making the rounds and I invited him on the podcast and he said yes to sort of give some perspective and information on what we are doing to contribute to the demise of our planet, how we can help, changes we can make, and just to give some real information versus just me saying, hey, please uh, use a sustainable straw. Um, so... It was seeing that cow and how sad he was. And I've seen plenty of sad cows, but for some reason on that day, in that moment with that video on Instagram, I just turned to Noah and I said, I think I'm done eating beef. Mm. You know, it's really impossible to tell someone like, hey, just give it all up. And some people can and some people can't. And I don't know that it's necessarily healthier for you to only be a vegetarian. It's so personal. But I think when we look at problems with our planet, we always say like, well, what can I do? And it's like, well... I haven't used paper towels in years. I don't get plastic straws. I bring my own water. Like making these little changes, which yes, are drops in the bucket compared to oil spilling and agriculture and food waste and 
deforestation, but more information, the wiser we all get, the better. So he's going to come on our podcast. And I, I think less, I think better meat less often, it almost isn't even enough. So maybe it's like you have a great steak once a year, maybe. Hmm. I think I'm done eating beef. Okay. So I, be, I am. Okay, and, uh, I'm not questioning that's, you. That, seeing that did that for me. And people get very turned off. Like, vegetarian. I, I'm not a vegetarian, um, but I really make an effort to help where I can. And I'm not shaming you if you're like, but I need meat. I live in Omaha. Whatever. That cow was really sad. I felt so bad for him. And then I looked in Tianfu's eyes and I was like, somebody somewhere is eating you. And you're just a baby. So less animals, no more beef. And uh, that's my top of the cob. Feeling pretty holier than now. Moo moo. My top of the cob is that lately I've been very excited when my my separate podcast comes out because I have been getting better at editing and it's a skill that I've learned on a free uh, software and I feel like I am and I ask Scott for tips, our editor, because he it. actually is an audio engineer and I just feel like I've got a little rhythm down, a little workflow down. I'm like, I can do, I can, I got, I, from beginning to end, I have built this thing and it feels good. That is great. Sound editing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and I, so every piece of it is like my, like I say it and then I edit it and I can like shape it the way that I want it to be shaped. People don't realize great. I was saying this yesterday because I was talking to Noah. I'm up for directing a project and I want to act in it. I want to act and direct. And everyone's always like, how are you going to do both? And Noah was like, you know, Steven Soderbergh writes, directs, and edits his own movies. And I was like, edits? Because like I've edited my own projects, but I sit with an editor. And he's like, no, he hand edits them every night. He gets the he gets the footage from that day and he edits it to make sure that they aren't missing something. And I'm like, well, that's a whole other, first of all, he's Steven Soderbergh. But yeah. um, the understanding editing, I was just saying editing at its best, most people don't notice. And at its worst, everyone sees. It kind of like goes uncelebrated. Yeah, especially in audio. Like we've talked about the fact that in in conversations a lot of time, especially in podcasts, I think, and it's like, it's a free thing. So I, you know, it is what it is, but people will really step on each other or just be like constantly like, mm-hmm, yeah. You know, it's very easy when you're recording on two tracks to go in and silence your own, mm-hmm, yeah. It doesn't have to be in there. I will say this, I- enjoy listening to Radio Lab, yeah. and I think they do a great job of fast editing and they mm-hmm. fill in with like a lot of music and sounds because it's it's more like an old-timey radio production. Right. But when someone's speaking and the other person's like, uh-huh, right, uh-huh, uh-huh. I'm like, I don't need you to validate that you hear it. I hear it. We're yeah. recording it. You need a little bit so that it a sounds little. human and not like a robot. Let the guy get but, a sentence out. But yeah, for sure. Anywho, well, that's great. My bottom of the cob is um, ever since I had this like surgery in my eyes so that I don't have to wear glasses, which is incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, what is it called? PRK. PRK, which is great. My eyes, every once in a while, it'll feel like somebody is sticking a needle in my eye. It's like dehydration, right? It has to be. And I've noticed if I drink, it happens. Yeah. But like last night, I had like five sips of a hard cider and it was like, you're just like, okay, guess I'm fucking done. So you take an ibuprofen and you drink water, but it really, I've had it wake me up out of a sleep. Just like yeah. a- and it really is horrible. <sighs> yeah. Just all of a sudden, it feels like someone poked you in the eye and your eye is sore. And it's like, okay, well, how many eye drops and how much water am I supposed to have? Yeah. Um, and it's like, okay, but I enjoy alcohol sometimes. So get over it, eyes. Get yeah. on board, eyes. It hurts. <laughs> it hurts. Okay. My grandma 
is at the point of like senile where you call and she just doesn't know what's going on. And I had that conversation of like, oh, she's like, like I, I called into her, my parents called her because you know you have to stand outside because of COVID, the old age home. So I called and my mom was like, your hair looks really good to her. And I'm like, hey, grandma, it's me, Emily. And she's like, oh, you can see my hair too? And I'm like, no, oh no, like this is it for us. That moment of you're just like, they're gone. Oh. So bottom. So bottom. Is your mom's dad or your dad's dad? My mom's. My dad's, my dad's mom died at the beginning of COVID. Okay. This is it. This is the last one standing. And honestly, it's also at that point where with COVID and everything, you're like, she's definitely happier. Like, she's just like, woohoo, I got a haircut. She got her first haircut in like ages. She's like, I got a haircut. I don't care who's calling me on the phone. You could be an alien. Aww. So it's like, she's great. She's probably the happiest she's been in 20 years. Maybe. And I'm just or like, is that what we're telling ourselves? Have you checked I mean, in with your mom about how she's feeling about that? I'm going to ask you what we're all thinking. Yeah. Nana got a will. She got that sweet, sweet will. Nana got nada. Nana got any debt? No debt. Okay, no great. debt. Well, but no. She's uh, leaving this planet the way she came in. Yeah, she really. Debt free. She even she evened it out. But it's just it's like that's it, sad. It's, it's that thing of like you realize like oh this is like I'm not just, gonna have another conversation like that was it. Maybe try to have one more. I keep cut. She doesn't answer her phone anymore. And then my parents are like, "Hey, Emily's here," and she's like, "Who? What?" No. She thinks that my cat is. Okay. Somebody else's it's a cat. Sign I know. Now it's, it's somehow like- about your cat. <laughs> so that's cool. Whole there human is dying. We brought it all the way around. Please, I did not eat. Well, except for that one bite at the beginning. <sighs> like, subscribe. Please leave a review. We thrive on reviews, and other people come to this podcast. Please suggest this podcast to a friend. You know, I. Um, I'm a multifaceted performer and I have uh, a book to write and I have movies that we're that I'm doing and I have a tour and I try to bring my most to everything, but viewers like you, subscribers like you. So send an episode you like to a friend, get your whole family involved. Uh, keep us going. We love our sponsors. We love our listeners. Like, subscribe, review. I, only if it's good. Only if it's good. Not interested in bad feedback. I do want to say again that People have been very cool about like when you've asked them to review, they have like they've so come do, out in droves. Yeah. So thank you, thank so you. It's, not talking to we, you guys. We do appreciate that a lot. That's very nice. Talking to the other freeloaders, freeloaders. And just because I've gotten this question lately, if you are trying to submit a question to Ask Eliza, um, and there's you know you're like, where do I leave it? DM and just say you want your name said. DM, DM at Ask Eliza. Not me. Not do Eliza. not DM Eliza because I will not, I don't she transfer see them it. over. She won't see it. DM at Ask Eliza and uh, you can always say like, you can call me my name. You can call me whatever. I default to anonymous, but you know, tell me your name and I'll say it. Hey, Emily, edit this. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. It's hard not to add a side of hot, crispy hash browns to your favorite McDonald's breakfast. It's even harder not to eat said hash browns before you get home. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.